Hello! Hello, everyone! Ah, welcome back! <laughs> welcome back! I'm sure your ears have been graced by like such high quality audio. <laughs> yeah! Because we're back in the studio! <laughs> and not like glitchy laughs. Yeah. I think that's such a staple of like the episodes we've done is like the yeah. glitchy laughs. Like, yeah. ah, 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 ah. <laughs> also, just like I can't listen to them back because my voice is so like bad through audio. Mm. So, it's big thanks person, to anyone though. who stood with us through that <laughs> yeah. rough time. Hopefully, we will never have to record over Zoom ever again. I know. Literally, I never want to ever, 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 ever <laughs> record on Zoom ever again. Yeah. If we can avoid that, then we're doing fine. Yeah. Um, we're back here in the studio. It's so exciting. We've not been here. I checked and we posted a photo of us in the studio three months ago today, which is yeah, that's crazy. actually mad. Um, so we, only... we didn't plan it. Like, we didn't plan for it. To no, we literally, exactly. we literally only got to come in here once to record. Yeah. We did yeah. it like I forget that. Yeah, we're like we back in the studio as if back in the studio we've missed it, girlies. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, it's been so long since I've spread my wings seat. a bit. Yeah, I missed I this office desk. <laughs> it's not the same not recording. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's calm down. We're not uh, trained professionals, but no. yeah, we got to record two episodes in one sitting here, mm -hmm. and then never came back so if that's not a sign who knows yeah but anyway here we are here we are and we're happy to be here and yeah it's nice to be able to like actually see you and hear you not through a medium of zoom so <laughs> not through good. a medium of aol dial-up literally basically <laughs> um but yeah we've kind of given you guys blue balls in terms of this episode considering but you were telling me blue balls aren't a thing yeah so um, I was listening to this other podcast that was talking about like sex ed and how it's complete bullshit. Okay. Because blue balls are not a medical thing. Oh, I didn't think it was a medical thing, but... Well, I thought like they actually did exist, but essentially if a guy is telling you he's got blue balls, he's just manipulating you to fuck. <laughs> So there That's you your go. lesson for Another today, Another one folks. to add to the list. Aye, well, exactly. It's uh, <laughs> they're all blending into one now. I hate men. Um, yeah, but boys, let us know if you, if you actually do get blue balls. But boys, fuck off. I don't <laughs> care. Don't let us know. I don't give a shit. I don't want anyone in our DM saying, I do, I don't actually. care. Actually. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, anyway, we're not talking about blue balls today. Yeah, we're not. be funny, though. I wish we would. Um, well, wouldn't. But we've given you metaphorical blue balls with this episode. Yes. We've teased you with the episode we're doing today, which is yeah. dissecting the conversation that's been going around considering the interview that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry did with Oprah. Yeah. So this was very, very, um, what's the word? Highly anticipated. Yeah. And it came out, what, maybe like... Well, it's been yeah, a while now. We've <laughs> we've we've dragged this episode out, but yeah, about two weeks, two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think today we're going to be talking about. We are going to talk about the interview, but obviously nobody needs like a, a minute by minute, scene <laughs> yeah, by scene. a play by play um of Meghan Markle's kind of yeah. uh, interview. But we want to have a wider discussion of what this is kind of opening up, and mm -hmm. I think you've got a lot um written down on on that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, and I think as well, just before we start, like, we want to say that it is, like, hard, it's a difficult discussion to have without considering race within the discussion, um, but we both want to acknowledge we are white and privileged because we are white, so I think there are far better qualified people, aka black people or people of colour, that can speak on this topic far more eloquently, um, 
And one that I would really recommend that I've enjoyed was the Today in Focus Guardian one. Um, that's by Nushka Sanon. That's a really good in-depth exploration of like the racial dynamics within the royal family and the wider discussions surrounding that. Um, there's also a really good Galdem article online. Um, I can't remember her name, but she's like, I really like her articles that she's written. And more generally, some of my favourite um Podcasts hosted by Black or people of colour are Bobo and Flex. I go on about this all the time, you know you that. You do, you do, actually. <laughs> um, Brown Girls do it too. Thanks, Ailey, for the recommendation for that. The Receipts podcast, um, Power Hour, um, Two Queens in a Pod is good. And if you've got any others, leave them in the comments on our Insta post because it'd be good. Um, we're always looking for new recommendations. But yes, um, that was a shout out to those podcasts. They're all amazing. Um and I think to get us started on this topic, like I read this quote the other day by David Olasoga, and he said, when racism is acknowledged in Britain, it is portrayed not as a structural problem, but as a minor, if regrettable, if regrettable fact of life, one that black people have to just tolerate. Yeah. And I think that's so true. Um, and it's awful. And it's almost like, as he says, just like a kind of shrug of like, well, yeah, it's a shame, but there's nothing really we can do about it. It's unfortunate that mm. it exists, but I mean, that ties in really nicely with what we're talking about today. Yeah. And I think one of the main points that has been made very, very clear um, in a lot of people's conversations online and, and in the media and stuff is this lack of acknowledgement. And I do think this is from our older generation Um this lack of acknowledgement that what I'm trying to say is there's no bridge between what's going on and the racist undercurrents yeah. for some people in the older generation. And I, I think it's so hard for some of them to wrap their head around it in the sense of that sounds really condescending. But my, what my point is, is like, you know, there's a lot of discussed in that interview where Megan made it clear that she was kind of told by the institution and when we when we say the institution we mean the royal family and yeah. but that as like a institution yeah she was told that this was something ridicule and um harassment from the press was something that everyone dealed with in the royal family mm -hmm. and that she needed to put up with it but I don't think many people have been able to understand that even and there has been there's been lots of racist remarks ma meant but even if it isn't specifically racist remarks the targeting has racial implications yeah, you know absolutely there's so much like coded language within that and i think what you were saying about people like there's people i just think this is one of these really divisive i would say issues but it's just a tr it's just a fact to me yeah. right? it's just clear but either like you completely not that we completely understand it in terms of like empirical expedience, but mm. we can clearly see that there's a problem and an issue and it's racist. And then there's people that completely do not accept it. Like there's no middle ground or grey. Like I know. People being like, oh, I can almost see, but you know, here's my side of view. Like either it's just, yes, there is or no, there isn't. And it's one of those weird social issues that seem to just not, like people don't seem to be willing to compromise on it or like engage in any discussions where, unless it's completely on their point or yeah. their viewpoint. Um, so yeah, it's a tricky one to like navigate because there's certainly members of my family that are older who absolutely hate Meghan Markle. And right. like, it's interesting because they're 
like very royalist and very pro-monarchy and blah 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 and like I just don't engage because I'm like there's no point their, their view is not going to change but it's remarkable how much they have been like carried away in this torrent of almost like hateful comments towards her precisely because of what the press have said yeah and like they even said the other day like yeah no I can tell in that interview like Harry looks miserable like you don't know him you don't like, know please shut up it's I, honestly unbelievable like do you th- what makes you because you're british you think you have some kind of like intrinsic connection know, emotional with connection yeah with no literally i mean my mum's kind of similar to that in the sense of my mum on a very wholesome level i think just loves prince harry like yeah. it's nothing more than <laughs> and it's the same way because like she's not a super royalist in any way i mm. would say because you know she also really really loved diana and i think she really not just like oh like she's glamorous and stuff but like i said she like very much um like admired her Mm -hmm. and everything that she stood for Mm -hmm. but my mum like (laughs) i think she kind of fancies prince harry which to be honest jill hate (laughs) hate out you um but like her her mindset as well is like this almost protection Mm. over these like kids that aren't kids anymore they're like adults Mm. but I think there's this like national feeling of I don't know like responsibility and also entitlement entitled that's it entitlement to these people's lives these people's actions they they get to pass judgment on what's best for them and it's like how the fuck do you know yeah like it's so bizarre it's just one of those weird almost like British like blips it just doesn't make any sense to me because I'm just not interested. Like I'm interested in this topic because of all the conversations that it ensues. Yeah. And like kind of sparks. But in terms of like the actual royal family themselves, I've got no interest in any of it. Like yeah. I think other than my my interest is that I don't disagree with it. I don't think that the royal family should be the royal family. <laughs> Um, it's like girl season come across guys if you had read between the lines <laughs> it's like I go to lunch with lizzie but no i think it's very bizarre and i think it's so interesting to hear in the interview that megan did and her speaking to oprah i think like the most interesting part of that was actually mm, okay there's two interesting parts in my head there's mm-hmm. her her discourse with just oprah yeah. on her own without yeah. harry so interesting mm-hmm. because it is two black women having a conversation, sitting down and both fully aware. Like Oprah knows fine fucking well mm. what she's talking about. Yeah. And that is something that I bet is like a respite for Megan, having come from the royal family and being in there and just being like a lot of people telling her, you know, like you can put up with this and whatever. And her being like, probably in her head, I can't say this out loud. It's like, you have no idea yeah. what I'm going through. And then the second part that was the most interesting part for me was when Harry opened the <laughs> opened the lid and let the wormies out. Like that was <laughs> oh, that was juicy. Yeah. Say more. But no, I think it's interesting to like her my point was originally, Jesus Christ, but my point originally was as an American, like she didn't even have a grasp on the royal family and all the like nuances of it in the UK yeah and I think that is so like that really took me out of my own like experience and was like fucking hell like it's we all know it's weird we all know the royal family and like the British British monarchy is like such a bizarre institution Mm -hmm. but to even think 
oh my god like imagine growing up not in the UK and actually kind of only learning this as an adult yeah you would like not believe it even more because like things that we talk about now to do with the monarchy and like the power that um the queen has and the influence that it has on like the press and whatever like that's bizarre to us but like we had to unlearn that to an yeah. extent because like you know all of us as kids it's, just, it's like um what's the word rather than it's like you have to like, opt out of it and, yeah like, yeah because you're it's just like fact of life <laughs> yeah like, the queen's the queen and blah 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 and only when you start to like critically think and pick it apart you're like okay but why like surely that is absurd that someone is just born into this massive position of power mm. gets all this money from public taxpayers to do what like charitable work it's just it's just strange to me um <laughs> that's it that's and the that's that's the whole episode no i want to go <laughs> a wee bit more into like what like the structure of the royal family and my mine but also like i think a lot of arguments against the royal family um and i'm sure you have some too yeah of that but like not yeah, because I don't want to just keep one. saying I disagree with my wife, I disagree with my wife, without actually like explaining why. Um, because I can understand there's people that don't necessarily agree with it as an institution, but I think the key argument in a lot of people's like w that a lot of people make is that it brings in a lot of tourist tourism and a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but let me debunk that for you because it makes up zero point three percent of tourism in the UK. Um. And the cost of maintaining like Buckingham Palace slash the royal family and all the stuff they do is an estimated three hundred forty-five million pounds a year. Like, it doesn't add up. No, you're not getting not enough in as you are paying out. And you know they are funded by taxpayers. They're a public body. And what frustrates me the most is that, you know, as I said, public body, but they're never held accountable. Like they never have to be publicly accountable the way that others like public services are like the nhs or yeah i don't know um the government like if someone you know you see politicians i'm not saying all politicians are not corrupt because a lot of them are but they're generally at least held to accountability to a certain extent and they have to like apologize if they do something um or they would have to respond if there was like these mm. massive racist remarks although kind of the Tories they don't really but you know what I mean there's <laughs> the more, frameworks there like that should be how it is public have more of a say yeah I'm saying Whereas yeah the public have no say in what's going on with the royal family and yeah as I said it's just bizarre that just because they're born into this yeah another thing obviously is the commonwealth of British empire like need I say more this like all too recent history of pro like prospering from just racist violence um the head of the state, so the Queen currently is head of Church of England, so it's not a secular public body. Mm. Um, I don't know what else I want to say about that. Um, I mean, it's interesting to hear your point about, like, I think it, I, I'm really glad that you kind of broke that down because I think too often we get kind of um what's the word like <laughs> drowned by this idea of like okay I, like fuck the monarchy whatever yeah and then it's like okay someone like this someone needs to break down all the comparisons of like say for example when you put it as simple as the monarchy being 
tax funded mm. and therefore a public sector like entity mm. it is crazy to then well you know break it down to as simple as that compa- compare it to the nhs yeah. and its accountability to mps it is insane mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. absolutely mental because i think the monarchy was built on and still to this day this institution thrives on mystique and yeah. like these smoke and mirrors and like oh it's so like kind of like we're god They're appointed like untouchable yeah and like i think the the like the threat that it has on like i don't know the uk in, in general does thrive off the smoke and mirrors that mm. are put around you know uh, the the whole idea of them being god appointed like I don't know, chancellors of our country or yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's so dangerous because is, yeah. for so long now they have evaded like accountability. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean you only have to look at Prince Andrew for the for all of that. Like there's just Why what did he do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like there's just never been any anything from the royal family about that. It's um, like those tweets that are like viral right now that was saying like this headline that said this is the um the what was it? It was like this interview is has ruined the royal family reputation like more than any interview in eighty four years. And people are like, I didn't know that Prince Andrew interview was eighty four years ago or whatever. Yeah. Like they just completely buy. Yeah, just were do. like, well, that didn't do anything. As like if, that's like, fine. British public have just no mind of their own. Like they're just mindless absor- mindlessly absorbing the press and believing what they say. But the dangerous thing is that there is some people like that. Whereas well, of course there's some that that aren't. But. The dangerous thing is, do you know what? Like they've actually got a bit of a point because when it comes to their reputation, or I don't know what the phrase was, but if they are talking reputation, if they are talking about um, people's perception and reactions to what's happening, Prince Andrew got fucking away scot free in my yes. opinion. Like so, they they don't they don't um, they do have a point. You yeah, know? yeah, they're technically speaking the truth. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's just, and I think as well important to know i mean other than obviously prince andrew like i don't have any personal vendetta against the royal family as in the people that make up the royal family because essentially they really could be anyone right like i have a problem with prince william's bald head that's <laughs> it's offends me i'm not daily. saying i like the way they look yeah no i i'm joking but you're you're right it's like but yeah as we keep saying the institution is what i have a problem with essentially because of the money that goes into it and the archaic traditions and the way it creates such a clear class and wealth divide like i think it's one of the massive pillars of um the upper echelon of class and wealth and elitism Mm. that you know like you're never gonna have true social mobility i mean we don't have it anyway but like you know it's such a um inhibitor of social mobility when there's people like that existing in the same fucking city as people that are homeless like it just yeah you can't have it doesn't work even if it's not like and it is but even if you were to argue it's not like a physical inhibitor to um movement within social classes because you know what is that what does the royal family have to do with the kind of middle ground people mm-hmm. or whatever it's actually just a gross symbol and yes. like mockery yes. of those in the working class mm-hmm. and it's just like it's so yeah there's a there's a lot of like physical arguments of like um how it is inhibiting us and like you know using taxpayers money and all that kind of stuff but also just like fuck off yeah like just you as a symbol is something i can't get behind to represent our country it's Mm -hmm. disgusting to see like you know 
<laughs> like a gold-plated piano and shit mm -hmm. when like on my street alone in edinburgh there's like three spots further down you go of homeless people just sitting yeah. there and there's one guy that just chills outside co-op every single day and you yeah. have seven thousand corgis that cost <laughs> probably 10 grand in veterinary bills yeah. every and we pay for it it's yeah. just it's disgusting um besides besides the the arguments of why is our money being towards us you know like comparing the tourist um board mm -hmm. like the tourist income compared to how much we spend just its existence is offensive you're absolutely right yeah completely. but let's circle back to megan mm -hmm. and we're gonna start with well what did you have down well i think there's a few kind of main themes that we wanted to like cover from the interview um a main one being the morality set surrounding the press and mm. media and its relationship with um, the institution or the firm. Um, and we did cover this slightly in the Diana episode, but I think you can't talk about this without talking about the press. No. Um, so we'll circle back, I guess. But yeah, I, I just, I think I knew, I knew how... I, you mean you see it, but I know I don't consume that sort of media. Like no. the headlines that that she was reading or she was seeing about herself, like that stupid one about her eating avocado. Do you remember that one? Yeah, insane, it's ridiculous, um, and just vilifying her constantly. Um, yeah, I knew that that was a problem, but the way that she spoke about it just really highlighted to me the extent or the lack of which the establishment, the institution, did anything to stop it or suppress it. Yeah. Like, I understand that they have this symbiotic relationship with the press, whoever, like, the press are. Yeah. But, like, when one of your own is being vilified to such an extent, like, it just really shocks me that they never once even made a simple statement to say, like, please stop doing that. Yeah, or even just condemn it. Like, it's this active yeah. role. Um, I think it's easy around it. Yeah. And it's easy to, um, you know, you're, you're, you're releasing press statements every fucking day mm -hmm. and each like family, each house that they have has like a Twitter account. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they are connected. They're, they're more than, um, present on like social media and stuff yeah. like that. And I don't think it would have been hard at all. And she, that's what Megan says in the interview is it wouldn't have been hard to make this statement. And actually at that point, when you're not making a statement condemning this going on, it is an active role within yeah, you're what's being going complicit, on. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And um, more in terms of like, I, I'm not sure like the laws surrounding journalism or whatever, um, in terms of what you legally can publish and what you can. But mm. to me, there seem to be like no parameters in terms of what they can say. Like there's no, there, I know there's like privacy laws that are in place, but like in terms of what they're actually saying about her, it's just like abhorrently nasty. It's insane. Like I think ugh, it's such a weird conversation and such a, such a question mark around journalism and morality yeah. and like, press and paparazzi and all that all links into one mm -hmm. but like for example i'm obviously not gonna um out my sister for too much but like not that there's <laughs> anything to out her for she's like texting me like what the fuck are you about to say <laughs> no but like i know hope is my sister she works in like journalism and mm -hmm. she's a news reporter herself mm -hmm. and i know throughout the years when she's she's been on both radio and tv 
Um, now I just sound like her manager. She's a great girl. Check her. Link Here's her email. Wanna, <laughs> here's her email if you want to book her. Um, but no, she's, I know that she's said to me quite a few times, there's been, um, where was she <laughs> she got? Hope's been like, um, just harassed like numerous times for shit that she's done or, or reported on. And it's interesting because there is so much I empathize for people within the stories that she's doing sometimes yeah. and I understand. So for example, recently, um, I work, well, I volunteer and help with this uh, organization called CERT and they're kind of like partner uh, group are the ones that are um, doing all the petition and all the like activism for, it's called Back Off Chammers and they're basically trying to implement and have done now the buffer zones around abortion clinics because obviously people are arseholes and yeah, like to protest outside yeah. <laughs> abortion clinics because yeah. I don't know their wi-fi is turned off Netflix is buffering <laughs> fuck knows why but anyway um she did a story on that and the the story was basically off the work of back off chambers right yeah. but she was kind of like okay I, what I'm hearing is I need to get the other part like the people who are protesting story because I need to have an equal story mm-hmm. and I'm like you can see how the people making themselves vulnerable in those kind of stories um, wouldn't want to have anybody interviewed that are yeah, saying the opposite. Yeah. And I can, I get that. I totally get that. And I, it is a really difficult conversation. And I think, but this isn't, this doesn't really relate to. <laughs> no, but what you're saying is like, there's always two sides to every story, except sometimes I don't know if, because essentially they're just playing fucking devil's advocate to somebody that's wanting an abortion. Yeah. I understand, but I just don't accept that that's... It's tricky because it's a freedom of speech versus, Mm -hmm. like, right versus wrong. But I think Um, this is what I'm saying in the sense of, like, journalism in general... Have a duty. Have a duty, and I I don't think anyone's figured it out fully yet. And, like, this is what I'm saying is my sister's great, and she is the best person in that role in the sense of like always in communication. And I think that's that's the key because nobody knows what's right and nobody knows if they've done what they've done to the best of their ability to represent everyone and, you know, get it right every mm-hmm. single time. But I think it's scary to see the impact if you do it terribly wrong. It yeah. has. So for her situation being in constant communication and letting those people know what's going on and they can back out at any minute you know Mm -hmm. that's that's the go-to always Mm -hmm. but you have Meghan Markle who well I can I can sit here and I can write an article about whatever the fuck I want because why are you going to tell me I can if if I if I sit here and my colleague two years ago wrote an article about Kate Middleton eating an avocado and it was to boost her fucking <laughs> amniotic sac. I don't know anything <laughs> about pregnancies, but like, you know, for like her wellness and yeah, yeah, yeah. growing a little baba. <laughs> but I'm, they did that, but I'm going to write an article about Meghan Markle um, eating avocado and I'm going to link it back to deforestation and the industry of avocado farming, which also inhibits like, child trafficking. Like, what fuck off. Seeing, yeah, it was like, it was like an implicit murder plot. Yeah. It was like a part of. And do you know what? Ridiculous. But do you know what? To this argument, why can't they write that? Yeah, I know, but that's that's my point. Is like it's dangerous, and 
that's where like the freedom of speech argument is dangerous because you can say stuff like that and no yeah. one's going to hold you accountable until something to, like I don't know it's just the the reality easily could have been that she was no longer alive like that's what she was essentially saying in the interview. absolutely and it so, links do you know what it links back to and this is topical right now as well and completely relevant is it links links back to Katie Price is trying to get this petition signed have you seen this no. trying to get this petition signed it's obviously like every 14 year old virgin back in the day yeah. um at school when we were at school yeah. we'd talk shit about Harvey Price because that's what you did right yeah. and make fun of him and his countless disabilities which obviously have like he has no control over yeah and she's trying to get this petition signed so that they have a conversation in Parliament about people um, having to have verified identity to their social media accounts. Mm. And she wants that to be to stop, in like, place. Bots and like hate and trolls. Well, you're just like you're just held accountable for yeah. what you say. So, you know, my my Twitter um, has my name on it. It's Lou Web, but follow me but like, <laughs> a little uh, Duffy Moon on Instagram no I'm kidding but like my has my name but you know and then it has Lucy but in like the handle but it doesn't to an email but I suppose you could but you can't email. access that I can't access I can't look at your email if you tweet me being like Lucy yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah, particularly so fat yeah, and ugly I'm today for that actually. but this is the argument and I think this is so important and it wasn't something I thought about until I read about this uh-huh. was you know on the, on the surface People having to have their ID, um, their identity affirmed to be have a social media account, right? So if you, like I say, if you tweet tomorrow saying, Lucy, you're so fat and ugly and it's disgusting. Get out I'd be like, face, you another day that. in the friendship with Kika. Yeah. But no, if, you're, if your handle was blonde, dumb bitch, then I don't know who you are <laughs> yeah. other than, blo- you know, dumb blonde yeah, bitch. Yeah. But if, if, you know, if you had, it was verified, I know that you're Christina Hassan. Sorry, yeah. just dox you there. But... I, I get I get that argument. I totally understand that. And I think in that situation, that is the solution. Mm-hmm. However, there is a big argument and it's so important for, this is just one example, but say the LGBT community, a lot of people, and I know this fine well growing up in the generation on Tumblr, mm-hmm. but like a lot of people find solace, community, acceptance and grow into their own from social media accounts where they're not necessarily anonymous in a malicious way but like they have their own safety net of okay my mum and dad can't find me here yeah and they don't know say for but this is just one example say I'm a young gay male yeah and I am tweeting and and involving myself in this community of people who are accepting me but like I I can't have my mum search like Lucy Webb on Twitter and find me I do see that and it's so dangerous I think couldn't you link it to your ID and still have like an uh, al- is it alias? Elias? Alias. 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 <laughs> I've got an alias. alias like, sort of name, but is it not so that you can be traceable back to somebody? Do you know what I mean? Like, if there is an incident, and really, well, I suppose really the issue is that there's not enough, there's not enough people patrolling the web in terms of like enforcing safety laws and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's true, but this is, it kind of links back to what we're saying is like, if our argument is about morality within journalism and social media, so then mm-hmm. social media trolling and whatever, mm-hmm. that's that's never going to be something you can enforce by law because I can't make a law being like, be a fucking good person because it's like, yeah. it's not going to happen. 
And that's why I th- it's so scary and such a big conversation and topic because mm. like you can't really ask. I, I don't know, it might go forward and there might be ways to think about it um, and figure it out. But you can't really ask people to um, ID confirm their social media accounts because like, you know, I, I think if I had had Tumblr back in the day and I'd had to um, verify myself with ID, I wouldn't have had it. I wouldn't have had it. Yeah. And it would be another form of like identity suppression. Rather yeah. Than- and I just would have been like, nah, like whatever, I'm not doing yeah. that. Cause I don't want, I don't want my name to be automatically found every single time. Like if someone Googles me, I don't want them to find this Tumblr, like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want it. <laughs> Sounds like I was running some like <laughs> mafia, like, <laughs> or like secret blog, but no, no. um, it's just like, it's just a, it's just taken away a solace on the internet that I think a lot of people still need. And yeah. like, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. I d- no, I do see that point. And I think, but I think if not that, then just like some something needs to be done. Mm. And I don't know what in terms of legality. And it's really hard to generalise over something so vast and broad as the internet. Yeah. But like something, it needs to be more policed in some way or another because just like the way that especially women and especially women of colour or ethnic minority um, are torn apart is just like... It's crazy. I mean, if you think back to what we're talking about in its essence has been around since the internet's been around and like, you know, granted we're... (laughs) Well, since journal, like before. Yeah, but like if we're talking about the internet and like those those articles that like are were horrible at Meghan Markle, the fact the reason they got so big was because there were stupid sun posts like the sun on Facebook yeah. and we Moz looking at it and being like, do you know what? Yeah. I'm going to be sharing this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to share Tonight, this. Tonight, Megan shouldn't be having an avocado. <laughs> that is pure rank, man. She's fucking taking my Harry away. He's a nice boy. <laughs> my gran actually being like, Harry looks miserable. <laughs> yeah, it's your gran. It is it's my your gran. gran. She's part of the problem. Um, but no, like, you know that's been (laughs) yikes um but yeah like that kind of shit has been around forever like do you remember when we were in high school i like maybe maybe you did have this or you didn't it was around for such a short amount of time but fuck me it made an impact do you remember ask fm oh my god yeah or and it used to be called forum spring or what was it called well i remember ask fm and i always remember like remember doing like opinions on and then so and so person, and like I remember, you would be like opinions on like Kiko Hassan, but who's asking? This? <laughs> like I still want to know who that was. Yeah, and also people kind of think it's you. Like do yeah, you know what I mean? people. It actually wasn't them. Like stop asking. I love her. Like so it strange. actually wasn't. Like guys, it wasn't Kiko, you're twenty two, and nobody's still wondering. Um, but yeah, like people. For anyone who doesn't know or like didn't have this or whatever, it was a horrible website. Was oh, it a website? Oh, yeah. yeah. And people kind of like linked it to their Facebook and stuff, and basically you could go on and submit a question and I'd submit an anonymous question and a lot of the time it would be shit like do you like being a fat virgin like do you know what I mean? it would be not that you're not gonna answer that are you? Um, no. Love it. no. <laughs> it's just like random shit like that or just like it's very incel behavior it was very incel behavior yeah because then you'd also get the ones that are like uh, what do you think about Jack and your seven or like <laughs> Jinky's hot or like do you know what I mean? <laughs> Who's your top three pulls in your blow? Yeah. Like, mm, okay, do you want me to see you? Because <laughs> yeah. you should come forward, bud. Like, go on, show your face. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But anyway, 
That's just us reminiscing. But <laughs> on the good old days. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like an anonymity is a big problem when it comes to stuff it's like that. It's a weapon though. It is a weapon. And social media in general of, of spreading this like there's so many there's so much power as well in not necessarily anonymity, because people have their names when they write these dumbass articles. But I'd love to see a percentage of me talking like scientifically percentage of moths <laughs> that have reshared reshared articles never never clicked on the damn thing yeah. didn't click on it read the read yeah. the headline and just reshared it and been like you know what yeah and like haven't read it oh i did this whole like two lectures on um this is well this is a sociology course but it was all about media and the press and the environment actually but specifically this lecture was about the vast difference in headline versus content right because mm. half the time it's like world i don't know climate change is a lie and then it's like when you read the article it's like one scientist in the back of fucking beyond yeah. has disputed 0.25 decimal percentage of heat climate rise or whatever something ridiculous like that but nobody reads the article no they just read the um headline and then use that as a weapon to back up their argument to reinforce their yeah. beliefs and that journalist and has done right that on purpose for yes, clickbait exactly and it's... it's clickbait so yeah that's really problematic um i think the u.s in particular i was i was looking when we were researching this episode circling back to Meghan markle i think there's these magazines that i mean the uk is bad too there's yeah. mental magazines like <laughs> kind of remind me of like being in like a doctor's office or something and there's like magazines like take a break or like do you know those ones <laughs> like it's like that's life and it's like the real life stories oh god well that's the thing is like there's loads and loads and loads of magazines in the states like that and yeah. they are particularly bad for this situation that we're talking about i was researching like loads of tabloids um tabloid covers headlines articles whatever that have come out about megan mm -hmm. and how some of these magazines in the US even get away with printing some of this shit is insane because they just don't need to back anything up. So yeah. there's loads of magazines. And I feel like I have just, these are burned into my head of like, how do you look at this, like print it and go, yeah, send it off. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm really proud of myself. Yeah, like, do you know what? A job well done. Yeah. And it's like, these covers are like, <laughs> there was one that was like, um, Megan and Kate having a baby at the same time fight over the ward. And it's like, they're not going to scrap in the maternity yeah. ward. If they are, I'd like to see it. Yeah. Can someone get a camera there? That would be hilarious. But like, it's insane the kind of stuff that they are. It'll be like, um, Megan spat in the queen's face and said, don't even look at me. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just stuff like that. And I'm like, where, at what point are you, can you get away with that? Yeah. Like how, anyway, that was a No, I agree. I think, yeah to sum up an issue with the media and it's also just very strange that they're um never held accountable by the royal family yeah. there's never really anything and like i remember reading articles at the beginning of the engagement and there was just like such it's never explicit well to me it's explicit but i suppose you could say it's like just an undertone in the press of like coded language like she's very exotic yeah like, fuck that. you can't you can't say that i saw one um article there was it's like disgusting to even say this because it, it's like gross yeah but there was one article 
one screenshot on Twitter of like, I found this Twitter thread that had all these terrible um, headlines. Mm -hmm. And it was like when they first started dating and it was Prince Harry has jungle fever. And I was like, that is like, that has to be one of the worst terms out there. Like just in general, that's the most disgusting term ever to use jungle fever. And it's just like to print that and just imagine being like Megan or Megan's family and just seeing their relationship referred to as Prince Harry having jungle fever like it's I mean aside from like the absolute massively racist like racistness of that um it's really dismissive yeah if he's like oh she's like picking her up and then he's gonna like throw her away well that's also that's embedded in the racism it's like of like I also there was another there was an article written um and the quote from it one of it was like Prince Harry's dating Meghan Markle, whatever, um, back, and it's, this is so interesting. I think I said this to you when we originally started to record this, but it was like, um, Meghan Markle would have, in the, 70 years ago, Meghan Markle would have been the kind of woman that a prince had as a mistress, not as a wife. And it's almost like, and I think this is intrinsic to how the press have got away with stuff like this, it's almost like they're blaming, they're, they're framing this racist statement with the past they're like you know 70 years ago people would have been really racist but like why are you saying this yeah i'm like who the fuck are you to make that comparison i'm like also note that you're not changing your language or behavior whatsoever yeah you're adding you're adding to this you are bringing 70 years ago to now by saying that it's insane yeah um awful to be honest and i think another kind of element of it that was quite poignant or quite sad for me was the fact that they because I think there's a lot of questions behind their motivations to do this interview and I Mm. think a lot of people who perhaps didn't like Megan or were more on like the royal sides of the argument can can say oh it's really self-serving like they're doing this as a publicity son they want you know their Netflix deals and blah, blah 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 without acknowledging that like actually all that could be true and so what like yeah they have every right to do that also they've never had an, an opportunity to tell their side of the story um so like there's a kind of argument for that um but also like i think one of the reasons they're doing this is to just get away from the constant media hounding just the same way that diana did with her interview on panorama with martin bashir yeah um because after all the maltreatment and the control and the silencing, both Diana and Megan, so two women, have sought like liberation by trying to reclaim their own narrative and speaking to media to the media on their own terms. I know. But in doing so, have just unleashed more and more and more attention and hatred. Like it's kind of come back to slap them in the face. But like you you can't win. Like no, you stay you silent, win. you're hounded. You speak, you're hounded. And I think their intention wasn't to win and I think it's like that almost speaks for itself in yeah. the sense of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry in this in this situation were like we need to open a discourse and make people aware come to your own opinions whatever fine but we're not gonna hide this anymore no. and I think it's interesting there's a lot of arguments that I think people think Meghan Markle is attention seeking Um, she is making some of this up because okay so what are the what could the reasons of making this up be uh, fame 
money, attention, whatever. She had those things already, though. She so did like... have those already, so it's whatever. That's bizarre. But I think people need to, like, use the context of... Think of every powerful individual who has made a change in society and culture in the past, right? Think of anyone. So, for example... This is like, it sounds like I know about three black people in, ever. But Martin Luther King, right? It's yeah. the obvious one to go for. But Martin Luther King, um, like Emily Davidson and the suffragettes, right? Yeah. That's yonder time. But like, put those two in context and, and line them up with Meghan Markle. Martin Luther King, you could have absolutely argued it was a political, um, fame-hungry guy. And it's like, you know, those people who go out of their way to stand up to injustices... Mm-hmm every single time they are going to be criticised for... You know, it, the suffragettes were... Hysterical Hysterical, freaks. exactly. <laughs> they were women making absolute, like, um, scenes of themselves. Yeah. And, like, you know, just doing this to... Exactly, hysterical women and whatever. And Martin Luther King would have been the exact same in the sense of just um, wanting the attention and doing it to be this and that mm-hmm. and whatever. And I think... When you have someone like, you have the situation like Martin Luther King or the suffragettes, whatever, we now have decades of acknowledgement, appreciation and gratitude to those people that you're like, okay, well, I'm comfortable enough now that I've been patted on the head and told that I'm allowed to think that they're really good people because Mm -hmm. everyone else has told me to. But like, at the time, that wasn't the case. And at the time, they were not completely, you know, the juries out, everyone fucking loves them. Mm -hmm. And I think... It's so mindless now to see someone doing the exact same thing and it might not feel, it doesn't feel the same because we, we're in the midst of it, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And like, we are seeing it unfold Mm -hmm. and to jump on that bandwagon of saying they're doing it for attention. And like, I'm not, I'm not blindly supporting anyone. I understand it's a fair argument for anything and I think it would be dumb and stupid and you're just as blind as loving like the royal family without um, questioning them if you do the exact same with anyone else. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's so easy of an argument to make. And it's it's the argument that people run to in yeah. these situations. I think that's what's like fundamentally problematic with the celebrity fame. And I suppose people in the royal family totally come under that Mm. but yeah it's fundamentally problematic because the trap of the idea that because they're so privileged and so famous they should just then therefore absorb anything that happens to them yeah or take it on the chin all of the horrendous media press or the paparazzi or you know the lack of actual physical freedom like she says in the interview she she had was living in this past she didn't have her passport like yeah it's a complete gilded cage and because she's famous or because she's like living in this palace and you know married to the prince and has xyz she should therefore just shut up and deal with it like exactly that's a flawed argument and you cannot or it's just like going against the norm and the status quo and like you know from our perspective especially and it's like what you say at the top of the episode of like as white women Mm -hmm. like this doesn't have a direct effect on me i you know we sit here privileged not having a fucking clue what it's Mm -hmm. like to be uh like racially stereotyped and harassed and and bullied and yeah just like targeted because of our race we have no idea and i think 
Because it's bigger than Meghan Markle. Like, all of this, like, anti... anti-Meghan Markle sentiment trickles down into people's everyday lives. Like yeah. People of colour, people of ethnic minority. Like, the, the kind of hatred doesn't just stop at Meghan Mark no. Markle, unfortunately. So it's, like, normalising it, I think. Yeah. And encouraging it in certain sense, like, certain spheres. Um... And you know, it's off the back of fucking Black Lives Matter in the summer. Like what much how much more can black people do mm-hmm. to try and halt and raise awareness and educate? And it's not their job to do it either. No, like, it's not. I'm and just it's... so tired of the same and I mean I say I'm tired, like they must be fucking exhausted. And I mean I say I'm tired, like they must be fucking exhausted. Exactly. And it's like the argument that argument that I've heard far too many times of people saying like, Well, why did she have to go and make a spectacle of herself like why couldn't this have been dealt with you know if, if, if she was being treated badly in the royal family why couldn't that have been dealt with privately because this is this is uh this is just like um not great behavior to go out in public and hang dirty washing out and whatever it's like it's bigger than that yeah. and it's it's if also, she'd she have done that, she if tried she, to go to yeah, she HR, well, first of all, yeah, she fucking tried. They have HR exactly in a family. <laughs> they're not, and they're not very good at it. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Um, well, yeah, their argument itself. They've she's gone. She went for two years or whatever, and what yeah. she said. But this isn't about. You know, we could sit here. We know fine well she's not going on. She's not going on a interview with Oprah to be like uh, Queen Lizzie called me this or whatever. Because like, no, she probably didn't. Right? She yeah. probably. But that's not the argument. And if she did. Like, no, not if she does. If, if it was to do with just the family, there's reason enough to bring yeah. it to public awareness because do you know what? People need, like, young black girls and people of colour. I'm not, I, I don't, I can't fucking speak for this, but I know that the representation that she brings and the, the voice that she has to bring this forward on mm-hmm. a massive platform and say, this isn't good enough, yeah. like, things need to change is far more important than some mom on Facebook telling me that um, she's hanging out dirty washing. Like, Harry looks sad. <laughs> yeah, Harry looks miserable. But like, no, and it, it doesn't just, it's not a family affair that's going to be dealt with behind closed doors. No, because like it's not you a say, family affair. It's not a family affair and it's trickled down to thou- millions of shares on social media yeah. and millions of people chiming in and making racist remarks yeah. and harassing this woman and I yeah. think for anyone to say that she shouldn't have done this interview and it's attention seeking whatever then they are far too ignorant to the way that people are being treated yeah because irrespective of even if they turn around tomorrow and they're like yeah well you know part of the reason that we did this was to be self-serving because we do need income you know because they there was this whole section on them not getting any financial support or like um, security like actually who cares about any of that yeah, who because we're still fuck? covering what we were talking about and i think especially also if you're so mad about them making money wait till you hear where the royal family get theirs oh my god wait exactly. till you hear exactly. how they get funded. you're gonna be livid like what <laughs> the fuck i know i know it's so dumb and like the intersection of Meghan markle being a woman and a woman of color just i think has been a perfect like not to I was going to say you could write a dissertation on this, but like actually it's her lived experience, so let's not do that. <laughs> no. But it's really highlighted like misogynoir, which is a recent term that I learned, essentially um, sexism and racism combined. Um, 
it was coined by queer black feminist Maya Bailey. But yeah, it's like, you know, the so you start here if you're a white man and then if you're a woman, a white woman, you're like kind of down here. If you're a black woman, you're again back down here. Like the, the starting lines are already unequal. Yeah. And then to be able to have her represent a position of power brings her maybe back up. And it was a really exciting period in time where mm. I think a lot of of the British public and worldwide were like, this is great, what great representation. But representation doesn't equal integration, as no. we've clearly seen. Um, and the way that she's faced like a torrent of abuse from the very beginning, this the establishment, the press just reverted to the laziest of like racialized gendered tropes to discredit her and attack her character. Um, and something that um, this lady Adwoa wrote, Adwoa or Adwoe, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but she said, um, it's not a plot twist that a family whose wealth and power is based on the subjugation of people of colour would not be welcoming of a biracial woman into their fold. And like, yeah. doesn't that just sum it up? <laughs> I know, and it's like, that's almost the like, going back to Megan even becoming part of the royal family is what a fucking waste this yeah. was because the opportunity there was endless yeah. and like the the potential of the impact that could have had was huge and it's so disheartening because like you think of for example like princess tiana in the disney franchise yeah. and like princess and the frog what a great film first of all yeah. watch that but like that kind of representation to then see that in real life you know it's it's just, it's in simple terms but like mm -hmm. having a princess basically like we've got Meghan Markle in the royal family this beautiful black woman yeah being integrated into this all-white um royal family it was like you had it you had it by the fucking balls yeah. and I mean, you even ruined at the it. wedding they had like the choir and the preacher and um her mum with her natural hair standing by her side, like even mm. these little um, tap, taps into her black culture and heritage could have been so, I don't know, like opportunity inducing. And the and guy who just, ordained her, yeah. did you see that? Yeah. He was great. Yeah. He was so, this like amazing black preacher mm -hmm. and just like bringing that, like that's the thing as well is it wasn't even those little aspects that you're saying there was like, cool, we have, um, like a princess or whatever and she's black but then here were actual nods to the black experience and like mm -hmm. people of color and, and their stories not just like that's what you're saying is like it's not good enough to just have Meghan Markle put in the family photo mm -hmm. and be like oh we like her like ah, yeah. there we go but like yeah you're Token saying her, that it's fucking fine exactly like and and having that was too much for the British public. Exactly, just when she was there. But having Meghan's mum with her natural hair and that black um, preacher, mm -hmm. that's like, it was so it was so good until it wasn't. Like yeah. it could have been so good. And even so those were good. just like tiny little nudges. Mm -hmm. Like that's not a massive leap forward in any sense. But no. like it was something. And that was completely torn apart. And so, yeah. I mean, to sum up really, do you have any any words of wisdom because I feel like we've been quite negative <laughs> the optimist in me does think that this interview has opened up an important conversation it has given them a voice and autonomy and perhaps given hope to 
people that look like Megan yeah. in ways, but at the same time, like it just the the way it's been received from what I've seen has been disheartening to say the least. Yeah. I mean, and on a positive note, what what a privilege it is to sit in the presence not in the presence because <laughs> it's coming out on stage. <laughs> Meghan Markle. No. But like to sit and witness mm-hmm. um a woman of such intelligence and bravery and courage yeah. and so articulate and so powerful in her voice. It's been like I've felt so inspired by her yeah. in, in its simplest terms. Like so um, like just a fire lit under my ass of mm. like this is absolutely the standard that you know I'm not a black woman but mm. as a woman say um, I'm yeah I'm not comparing obviously but like it it sets a standard that we all have now and we should have had and I think we are complicit to of it's not good enough like it's just not and it's I I don't know I'm kind of almost talking like I'm I have this experience as well which I don't I think it comes off the back as well like a horrendous week for women yeah as we all know and even just the way that she was vilified like she had this interview on the I think it was on a Friday and then by 10am on the Monday morning fucking Piers Morgan's like nah that didn't happen babes yeah I know just the way that she was like silenced and whatever or attempted to be silenced but like I I don't know it's nice to know in a way that she won't be yeah exactly that's it yeah she's used it Um, and thank god good message and also on a positive note to see Piers Morgan is out of the bloody office I think he's getting his own tv show now fling this yeah, off the wall it's gonna what? work out for him for why yeah i know the fact that because he got to like him god damn it Piers morgan <laughs> can't he just fuck off can he just be put in a little dungeon and the key be thrown away anyway. he absolutely planned this like he's probably got like 10 million offers on the table and he's like i'm gonna make this dramatic exit raise my press and then off i go to like probably bbc or something like that god i'll damn. be writing a letter of complaint don't worry Ofcom will be hearing my I'm name. I'm writing to my local MP. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing to the Queen. You better do something about this. Anyway. Anyway. Well, what a fucking cracking episode yes. to have back here. I know, it's been so nice. I I, I literally can't. I fidget so much. Like, um, if you hear me, like, sip my coffee or my water or, like, typing away, I'm sorry. Just like a fidgeter. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just who it's I just am. just who I am, you're going to have to accept it. I know, I shift in my seat far too much when I'm like making I a statement. I can't not have something in my hand or like to do something. It's like, oh, there she just, kick just kicking the table. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're so buzzing to be back. Hopefully we're never going on Zoom again, but who knows? Oh, we don't know, lost. but I, I'm excited to continue being here yes. so much better. Um, as always, if you have enjoyed this episode if you've been watching on youtube give it a like yeah. give it a share on facebook twitter whatever um send this to your racist gran do it why not <laughs> uh follow us on all social media channels if you want as always it's at dead talk podcast on facebook and on instagram mm-hmm. and if you have any episode suggestions please let us know because yeah. literally about 70 percent of episodes that we've done in the last six months have been suggestions yeah um so we love hearing what people want and we're constantly engaging on our social media with uh, the people's voice so follow us um but yeah thanks so much thanks for listening guys bye bye
Claro, eu.